Hello and welcome to the first episode of season five of the Music Works podcast. I'm Katie Beardsworth, director and founder of Polyphony Arts, and today I'm delighted to welcome three amazing women to discuss the hugely important issue of women taking up leadership positions in the industry. We have Naomi Pohl, currently Deputy General Secretary of the Musicians' Union, who is campaigning to become its first female General Secretary. Olga Fitzroy is a recording and mix engineer. Olga is Executive Director of the Music Producers Guild and founder of Parental Pay Equality. And Nadia Khan, founder of Women in Control, passionate champion for diversity, equality and inclusion, who campaigns for gender parity and representation. But first, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer, serving the music community since 1960. If these difficult times have shown us anything, it's that life can be unpredictable. Allianz offer cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage, loss, theft and more. Plus, every Allianz music policy now includes free legal assistance and support, so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Now, if the worst happens, you won't be left out of pocket and you can get back to doing what you do best. To find out more about this and Allianz's special online offer of two months free cover, go to alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. And now let's go over to the Music Works studio where Naomi, Olga and Nadia are waiting to talk to us. So welcome everyone and, and thank you so much for joining us on Music Works. Um, today we have three guests, which is so exciting. So we have, uh, welcome back Naomi Pohl, the Deputy General Secretary of the Musicians' Union. And welcome for the first time to the podcast, Nadia Khan, founder of Women in Control and Olga Fitzroy, um, Executive Director of Music Producers Guild, campaigner and sound engineer. Welcome everyone. Hi. Hello. And the reason that we have these three fantastic women on the podcast today is to talk about leadership in music and in, in the industry. Um, in particular, why you guys as musicians, composers, people working in the music industry, um, what what difference these leaders can make um, to our industry. So very excited to kick off this discussion. Um, Naomi, would you like to, to talk a bit about this first? Uh, yeah, so, well, I'm currently running to be General Secretary of the Musicians Union, um, which if I, if I got the role, it would be the first time a woman's held that job um, in 128 years, which is... Uh, which is how long the union's been around. Um, and we've got 70% male membership. Um, so it's a challenge, uh, but I've got lots of support from male members, some of whom say, wouldn't it be brilliant to have a woman um, in the job? And some of whom say, I don't care if you're a woman or not, but you're the best person for the job. Either way, it's fantastic to have that support. Um, but you know, I think from a female perspective, it is really crucial to have women in leadership roles, I think and representation on boards generally um, because I think that's the only way that the culture of the industry is going to change for women in general um, and it just means we can do a lot more around representation inclusion diversity a lot of stuff that you know it's been a long time coming in the music industry to be honest yeah absolutely um, 
And Nadia, can uh, can you talk a bit more about this? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I fully agree with Naomi, and um, obviously, you know, fully back in her campaign as well to be general secretary. I'd love to see the first woman kind of take up that role. And I agree that I think that a lot of the issues in the industry can be start to be resolved by having more women in leadership roles. Um, I've done a lot of work kind of looking at the representation of women at board level, at senior level, um, because I feel like research and data is really helpful or useful. It's one of the only tools that um, as women we get taken seriously with um, in the first instance when we're talking about issues in the industry. So, you know, there's extensive research of how women are underrepresented at senior level and also underpaid. So I think, you know, the gender pay gap is an issue, whether you're a woman working in the industry, you know, the same stats kind of get released year on year on year. Women paid the motherhood penalty as well. There's a lot of bias that goes along in the industry with, you know, um, likability bias where women in kind of authority roles are not kind of um, seem to be likable as much. Um, even women that are composers or songwriters, they also kind of have a hefty kind of pay gap to deal with as well. Like the top 10 female songwriters in 2019 earned 70% less than the top 10 male songwriters. And that actually grew in 2019, it was 67%. So that gap is widening as well. And then, you know, just leading that onto boards, um, I have, you know, done research that did a report called The Seat at the Table, looking at the representation of women with an intersectional look at how black women were also represented across the boards, um, focusing on the UK music trade bodies. And, you know, with a lot of these boards, um, there's eligibility criteria. So say for PRS board, for example, you have to hit a certain financial threshold. So if women are not hitting that um, financial number, then they're not eligible to be on the board. And that means the eligible pool of women is, is really, really small. So women are being a minority on, on those boards. And I think it's really important that we do have representation. When I did publish the first report in 2020, I also noted that, well, first of all, there was only 27% um, of female CEOs, and that equates to only three women CEOs across all of the organizations. However, um, you know, over the past five years, um, female CEOs have left and been replaced by male CEOs. So again, when you're looking at stats like that, one change a year can really kind of skew the stats. Also, interestingly, I noticed that there was only one female chair across the uh, music industry trade bodies, which was really mind, mind boggling to me. So subsequently, um, I was sitting on the board of AIM and I put myself forward to become chair of AIM and I got elected as chair in um, earlier this year in January in 2021. But I feel like that's um, a part of representation and why representation is so important. So having Naomi as the general secretary of the musicians union, I think that that will really inspire a lot of change across the industry. You know, myself being a chair and being a prominent person that's vocal about these issues across the industry as well. I think having women in those positions is really going to help to kind of start to to lead towards progression and change in the industry. Thank you. <clears throat> what a comprehensive explanation of all of those incredibly knotty issues. Thank you so much. And Olga, I'd love to hear your perspective on this as well, please. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that Nadia and Naomi have said. I think it's incredibly important to have women in these positions where they're in a position to make change. And I think it's also because we have lived experience of some of the issues that predominantly affect women, whether it's the motherhood penalty, so the career penalties that you face after you have children, and the fact, again, nobody in the industry has been particularly interested in tackling that in the past, 
or sexual harassment. I know Naomi's done fantastic work with the Musicians Union on trying to tackle that. And these are things that, I mean, there's no reason why men can't tackle them, but they've just not prioritized it for the past 128 years in the case of the Musicians Union. Um, and again, with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about around sexual harassment in the industry, again, Rebecca Ferguson's been very vocal about it. And again, it's something that the industry could have tackled, but they've chosen not to. So I think now is the time for women to step up and fight for those positions of power so that we are able to make the changes that we want to see. Absolutely. So let's um, let's talk about the difference that this makes to people on the ground then, because I think um, I agree completely that there's been it, that it takes people who have lived experience of the issues with an industry or a workplace or a you know a, a problem to um, to tackle it quite often. Um, and that that has um, been the problem, part of the problem historically. So what is the difference going to be, um, Naomi, with you as General Secretary? Uh, well, I, I think one of the um, messages I want to get across in my campaign really is that I want us to be representative of all musicians. So um, wherever you live, whatever kind of music you make, um, we should be representative of every individual musician. Um, and I think in the past, we, we honestly haven't been. Um, that's not to say that we're not making positive change already and really trying to get better. But uh, I, I think that, you know, if you've got a senior management team in the union and all of your committees are basically uh, older white men, then obviously that's going to be, uh, that's going to exclude certain people and we're not going to be fully representative and we have you know our committees are much more diverse than they used to be um which is great uh, but there's still more to do and again as nadia said if you don't have uh, women chairing any of the committees there's a total lack of vis visibility there um so our executive committee in the last couple of years has been um pretty much 50 50 uh, male to female but i think we've only had one female chair and that was for quite a brief period so um you know yeah, there's still change required. Um, and things like the issue around sexual harassment in the industry, um, again, if you've only got male representatives talking about it, you just can't, um, yeah, you, you're not getting to those experiences and you're not, you know, I have a lot of meetings about sexual harassment where I talk to women, um, it, you know, it's groups of female musicians mostly, and I just don't think that a, a man will be able to do that in the same way. Um, you can really connect over these issues. Yeah, I think there's, um, if you've been a victim of abuse or trauma, there are, you are very cautious about who you talk to about it. And I, I, I think I'm sure that all of the great men working in the space out there would agree that it's really important that people are comfortable with who they're talking to. And in general, at the moment, um, that's a fairly female role um, in terms of supporting people. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that. That's certainly the perspective I have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we um, Olga and I were both in a meeting yesterday where we were talking about sexual harassment in the music industry, and it was exclusively female representatives at that meeting. I think there has to be a point where um, we get men more directly involved in the conversation. So I'm looking at how we could involve male allies, because there have been cases that I've dealt with where um, there's been a male witness who's come forward and said, I saw that happen. It's not okay. How can I support? How can I help you? And it's really, um, it's really helped us to kind of progress the case. So I think it's important that we um, 
that we actually advise men on how they can be supportive and how they can get involved in the conversation. But I think it's important, like you say, that if you've got a safe space, sometimes you, it is a lot of women who are facing these issues and they want to talk to other women about it. Mm. And that brings me on to another um, topic I wanted to talk about, which is um, sort of how how the inequalities continue to manifest themselves. So we obviously are right now in a much further along place than we were probably five years ago, certainly 20 years ago, you know, going back in history as we as we become more more diverse and more supportive of minoritized people taking up leadership positions. But nonetheless, that doesn't mean that it's not problematic being in this space. And I was wondering if we could talk a bit about microaggressions and like the sort of day-to-day ways that in which um, this becomes difficult because we hear a lot about headline cases, but actually day-to-day this is still a real struggle for a lot of people. Open that up to whoever wants to, to start. Yeah, I'll start on this one. Um, I first of all just wanted to touch on kind of the you know the um, musicians' union safe space that Naomi had started up. I feel you know when I opened up Women in Control to to membership, I was really shocked when I was having some a lot of conversations and I was holding round tables with members at how often and how common this um, sexual harassment issue came up, and it was kind of like once one person said it in the meeting everyone had a really similar story and it felt really um challenging and difficult for me to kind of have to bear that because obviously running an organization you want to try and help and try and make change so um you know having that safe space with the mu is so important because i think a lot in the industry as well it's really hard to 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 regulate because there's so many freelancers everyone's you know working in in small independent businesses maybe small management companies or um you know just running their own studios so there isn't a kind of consistent level of re- regulation so that's why it's really important that i think a lot of us um you know that have power and say across the industry are coming together to kind of create some kind of standards of what we expect from the industry and and one thing that's been really important in kind of changing that I think and especially the kind of shift from when I was coming up in the industry uh, was you know I feel like there is getting to be a more comfortable place for people to speak out about issues obviously you know we do need to provide comfortable safe spaces for that to happen as well but I feel like um, you know we're we're starting to get to that point and I feel like that's when we'll really see the real shift I also I often sometimes kind of relate it to like drink driving and the taboo behind that I think that whole that whole drink driving kind of changed not because people didn't think it was cool anymore it was because society as a general didn't accept it anymore and they said well you know we don't tolerate this anymore so I think collectively as an industry we all need to use our voice we all need to stand up and say we don't accept this so that we can start to kind of stamp out any of those practices and also encourage and empower people that are going through any of these situations that they're you know comfortable to kind of um be able to to speak up as well so I think you know that's something that's important and in terms of you know microaggressions I feel like I started Women in Control because of my experience of dealing with microaggressions that were built up and built up over you know a whole decade of my career so I've been working in the industry for over 20 years and over 17 years in music management and as a female manager when I started there weren't many women uh, well I knew I knew no women in the industry and I definitely didn't have any you know support from anybody in the industry to kind of help me and also you know with my background I come from you know a socially kind of disadvantaged background and 
trying to break into the music industry you know you really have to maybe work for free I had to work for free for like six months before I could get a foot in the door so it was really a struggle and then once I finally got my dream job of being a music manager I really started to kind of find that first of all I was judged with my appearance um, and as a young woman coming into the industry I wanted to be taken seriously and a lot of women complained to me that one of the major issues that they have is getting struggling to be taken seriously in their career and I think that also kind of impacts how you know slowly women can kind of rise up in the industry but I struggled to get taken seriously because I used to wear high heels I used to you know wear uh, dresses and instead of being taken as a businesswoman I was being like hit on in meetings and I didn't want that and I I really regret this but I changed how I dressed I changed how I acted and I changed how I dressed and in some ways I feel like I became a robot in my career to be like well I don't like these advances let me like change and if I could give anybody advice I would say don't change like you, you shouldn't change how you are you should dress how you want I did change and I think that's really really sad also you know as a manager predominantly working with grime artists I did an interview um, recently on, on BBC One Extra and I was talking about some of my experiences as a manager I've been thrown off um, festival stages while my artist is on stage performing and they've let his friends stay up but you know in the middle of and I, I'm just I'm just assumed to be a groupie or I'm not meant to be there and I'm just thrown up so for me it's fine so I'll go in the pit and I'll get a different better view and I don't mind moving around but in the midst of a show it's really difficult to bring that issue up or I've taken on tour production on you know international arena tours and I go backstage and I'm just completely ignored or dismissed or spoken down to um so many times at video shoots that I'm commissioning I've organized every single aspect of I've overseen the budget I walk in and I'm assumed to be a stylist a makeup artist an extra and I'm shuffled to to one side and I'm like hello I'm the manager so a lot of these things you know I know come down to unconscious bias but um I feel like you know, I was speaking to Marianne Seagart, who um, released um, The Authority Gap, and she um, put it down, called it compound interest. It's something that kind of really builds up on you. And it's something that really built up on me. And I really lost myself. I really felt I'd lost all confidence in, the in myself and lost my passion and lost my drive. And that's why I started Women in Control, because I just had enough going, why am I, why do I feel invisible when I go into a room? Why? does everyone just go straight to to the men I was on a big international tour one time and there was a huge artist came into the room he greeted every single man and there was a, a guy to the left of me a guy to the right of me he just kind of gave me a dirty look blanked me and then greeted the guy to the left and right and I was like I'm the one organizing the tour this is absolutely insane but also we feel ashamed to talk about these experiences and that's what I wanted to change with women in control to say this is we shouldn't be ashamed we're not the ones doing anything wrong and then what's really sad is when I started speaking out about it openly pretty much every woman was like me too I've been through exactly the same experience and that's just shocking and wrong yeah absolutely what a great story or like a really sad story but a great story to hear <laughs> that you've uh, um that you've done that I know that means a lot to so many women and I certainly relate to those experiences as well um, Olga, I'm sure as the uh, executive director of the Music Producers Guild, you have some experiences on this area as well. Yeah, I mean, I think what you've said about being ignored, I have come across that in the studio. Definitely, I completely recognise the behaviours that Nadia's just talked about. But thankfully, I have to say it's not the norm and it's not common. I would say maybe 20% of the time it's happened. So I completely recognise it. 
but I feel that having more women in technical roles in the studio actually makes for a generally better atmosphere for women in other roles. Um, so I've often found artists that want to work with women specifically, and then also members of their crew, whether it is their stylist or their makeup artist or whoever, they actually enjoy their time in the studio more and they feel more comfortable. And I've also had male producers say, Oh, it'd be really nice to have a woman assistant or a woman engineer on this session because it makes for a much nicer dynamic with this all-male band that I'm working with because you don't want to spend six months with just lads in the studio. I mean, I think it's just generally makes for a much better atmosphere to have that mix of voices and opinions. And when I started again, I was probably the only, the only assistant engineer that I knew working in London. And now there's loads of women. I think pretty, pretty much every major studio has at least a woman assistant or a woman engineer working for them. And I think that's massively changed the whole atmosphere in studios. That's interesting. Are you able to say what, what exactly do you think women bring to the dynamic if you have a male? Um, I know we're talking very generally here, but no, I'm always aware that people dismiss stories like this because they don't want to generalise. And actually this, there is a, a commonality about stories like this, isn't there? So what, what, is the, what do you think it is that women bring? I think sometimes it actually makes the men not go down those routes of horrible, horrible laddish behaviour that perhaps individually they probably don't even want to go down. But collectively, when they're all together, particularly like young bands and they're going out drinking, and they're sort of having this rock and roll lifestyle. I think it's quite easy for them to get into this tour bus mentality and just behave in a certain way. Whereas actually, I think maybe it's also the producers being a bit sneaky going, no, I want the band to behave themselves. So I'm just going to have like a really representative group of people in the studio. And maybe they're going to be a bit more embarrassed behaving really, really badly in front of a woman engineer or a woman assistant. Maybe there's a bit of that that comes into it. But I think perhaps it also just it makes it more interesting, makes for a more balanced atmosphere. Maybe there's a bit less bit less group thing, bit less going down one creative route when everyone's perhaps been on the tour bus together, worked together loads. I think just having a few fresh influences also just, you know, just changes the atmosphere a bit. And when you're spending long hours in the studio, you might be there for months and months. I think it's really important to have the, the right team of people around you. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think it's about, um, yeah, it's, again, it's about diversity of, of experience, bringing a better a better creative experience yeah definitely and I think yeah just maybe just slightly improving behavior without telling bands you can't do this and you mustn't do that but just actually having people around them that perhaps they would think twice about doing certain things in front of yeah and that's interesting because it comes back to the way people behave as as allies or as witnesses and observers doesn't it as if we're, if we're going if we're saying that having women in the space means people are more likely to behave better. That sort of implies that we associate women with people who are more likely to hold people up to a certain standard, would you say? Maybe, and obviously it's not always the case, but I think if, I think there's definitely producers that I have worked with, I'm pretty sure that that is part of their thinking when asking for a female assistant or engineer, just to kind of have, maybe just hold everybody to a higher standard of behavior, I think. And you have to have someone that is on side. You can't just have a really terribly behaved band and then put a female assistant engineer and think they will magically start behaving themselves. Well, yeah, but I think if everyone... Exactly, exactly. But I think if everybody is kind of just wanting to have a nice time in the studio 
and have that then have a mixed technical team then i think it it can really improve the atmosphere yeah thank you sorry Naomi, did you want to say something oh i was just going to say that i think the same goes for um kind of again board representation that it's otherwise you know you get group think and there's not diversity of thought it's much better if you have a mixed group of people there making decisions um and also i see this replicated in the classical world as well and um in theater pits you know that kind of lab behavior that um changes to a certain extent when you've got a reasonable number of women but i've also met female musicians who are so often the only woman in a space that they ended up just kind of um changing to fit the environment you know so you have to be one of the lads really otherwise you're not going to get the gig um which is really unfortunate and i hope that changes yeah that's a big change that i'm i think i'm seeing more that that people don't feel they have to do that but i'm it's still i mean i feel like i've certainly been there i'm sure a lot of people listening have as well um thank you so much everyone i wonder if i could just give naomi another moment to summarise your, your campaign for GS, um, which of course we all fully support. Oh, thank you. Yes, well, I mean, I hope that I am the best person for the job. Essentially, uh, there's a job specification um, and I meet it because I'm already part of the senior management team. So I really hope that um, members of the union will see me as being a candidate that represents continuity. Um, and stability for the union because I know how the organisation works from top to bottom. I know how our members work and I know how we negotiate in different spaces um, and how we consult our members in different ways. Um, but also I'm a candidate that could bring positive change and I think that we do need change. It has to be positive change. I think we want to see the union move forward um, and it would be a big, big step forward having a woman in the job, um, but it has to be the right person as well. Um, to lead us into the future. So um, yeah, I'm really hopeful. There's a few hurdles that I need to get over um, because we've got nomination meetings in January where uh, members will come and nominate candidates and vote for candidates. And assuming I get through that part of the process, I'll be on the ballot paper. And I hope, I think if I'm on the ballot paper, I stand a really good chance because I think there's a lot of members that do want to see that us, us move forward and do want to see that positive change. So what can we do as members or as music members of the music industry or members of the musicians union to support you? Well, the key thing is to come to the nomination meetings in January, because as I say, if I don't get over that hurdle, then I won't be on the ballot paper at all. So um, there's six nomination meetings around the UK and we need members to turn out online um, and they'll be able to ask questions of all the candidates and they'll be able to vote for whoever they think is the best choice. So each region will have one chosen candidate that will go on the ballot paper. Um, and then after that, I'll be uh, in full campaigning mode, I think in February and March. So fingers crossed, watch this space. And thank you very much for your support. It's really appreciated. No problem at all. It's and um, it's. Um, I think that what you do is really impressive and I, I do fully support your campaign. Thank you so much. Naomi, Olga and Nadia for taking time out of your busy schedules to share your thoughts on women in the classical music industry and the importance of having diversity in leadership positions. This has been a great start to season five of the podcast. Naomi, we wish you all the very best in your campaign to become the first female general secretary of the Musicians Union. Olga, Nadia, thank you so much for all of the work you've done for women and equality so far. It's so Thank important you. not only to hear your voices, but to see women like you heading music organisations and finding themselves in positions where they can bring about the changes that the industry urgently needs. 
thank you all and thank you for listening thanks very much thank you thank you for listening to this episode of the music works podcast if you've enjoyed this conversation please subscribe check out our other great episodes and even better leave us a review you can also sign up to our mailing list at www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list for updates and news about what Polyphony Arts is up to for all you classical music folk out there. You can find more information in the show notes as well. Meanwhile, I'm Katie Beersworth and I look forward to sharing with you the next great episode of Music Works. Music Works is generously supported by Alliance Musical Insurance the UK's number one musical instrument insurer. Alliance Music Insurance, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Music Works is a Polyphony Arts production. Thank you for listening.